Yes, hello, I am James Rowland. Seminar 378, it's WWE SummerSlam, but I am not alone. I have a pleasure to be joined by Jack C. How are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good, thank you. How are you? I'm all well, thank you very much. Coming off hot of the heels of uh, last weekend, of the WNR live show with SummerSlam party with Omelette One and yourself. The biggest show on the WNR podcast history. Like I said, over 50,000 uh, listens in the end. It was quite incredible. How was your experience of the live show? I mean, I, I've got to admit, that was probably the most fun I've had discussing a WWE event, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, it was just really nice to get kind of different points of views um, and, and to kind of get a chance to discuss in a lot more detail about about the talent themselves rather than just, just on the matches that we review. So it was really nice to kind of speak beforehand. Yeah, like I said, it was a really great show and, and like everybody have heard mm. from with emails and everything like that. Really, really enjoyed it. We did have a couple of things about... Oh, great. Uh, asking questions when we're going to look at Raw and SmackDown. Of course, we're going to get that done today. We finished New Japan yep. with the Ultimate One and, of course, NXT UK with Monty. Uh, and also another thing announced on the charity, Little Princess Trust. I said that if we had, uh, with two months, if we could raise £200, then I would cut my hair. And everybody listening, in six days, we raised that amount, which is just incredible. That's it's incredible. Like, yeah amazing well Um, done everyone well it is and what i'm doing is we're going to extend it because like i said we said we were going to cut my hair the halloween special that is definitely happening now like i said big growing my hair for like seven uh that's going to exciting and the more money we raise i will like i've said this now i will take the beard off i do not mind Wow, that's a big commitment right there. (laughs) Come on, guys, we've got to keep going with this. So you can find it on Facebook, Little Princess Trust. It's a great little charity. Basically, like I said, donate your hair for a chance for for kids to make wigs and stuff like this as well. Uh, So go and check that out on Facebook. But we're going to get started now, and it's a Raw and Smackdown since Money in the Bank. And the last time we left it was July 23rd. And we're in Cleveland and rolling loud. We see John Cena start the show only for Paul Heyman to come out and said the tribal truth does things on his own time. And Paul Heyman with the rendition of John Cena's theme tune as well, of course. Uh, then we see Balor beat Zayn after his return last week. Big E, Apollo, Aziz, Naka, Boogs, Dirty Dogs and Cesaro all broad. We see Dawkins beat Gable. And of course, in rolling loud, I think... The setting was ace. It was like something WSW used to do. Obviously, the match wasn't great, but the ring angle looked really good. And we see Belair beat Carmella again in a decent match. Uh, Bianca celebrated in front of a sea of fans, who I'm sure were chanting, we want puppies. But the attitude era was so cool. What were your thoughts? I know it's quite a long time now. Uh, of the rolling loud, the setting itself, and the actual crowd. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought that uh, it was a, a pretty good setup. I, I think that overall, um, like kind of like as a whole of the show, I think that there was too much going on, so it was really hard to kind of um, feel like there was anything remotely that stood out. Um, but I think like the aspect of it, every now and again, yeah, I think that's quite nice to be able to kind of you know put on something quite literally live so that was it was it was a nice 
It was a nice attempt. Nice, nice change of pace. <laughs> we know we'll see if it uh, happens for him. We saw Baron Corbin has nothing and apologised to Owens, who gave him some money. Unfortunately, Shotzi's tank hit him right in the balls, and the Dirty Dogs took the cash. And then Edge made his way in the ring in Cleveland. Uh, talking about his loss to Roman Reigns. He reminded the audience that he was in the brood and the Ministry of Darkness, insinuating the lengths he would win to go to avenge Seth Rollins, costing him the championship. Rollins made his way to the ring and took exception to the likes of Edge and John Cena jumping the line and taking opportunities. Nothing would make you happier than to crush your dreams. And Rollins admitted to hesitate to put Edge down out forever seven years ago, suggesting he would not blink at the opportunity to do it again. Edge admitted he's alarmed when he said he wouldn't put his hands on the architect and he attacked him and Rollins retreated fully rated our superstar could deliver a spear. This was great stuff. I mean, Rollins and Edge, uh, to start off their feud with this angle was really well done. Yeah, I think that like um, it took, you know, Rollins a while to kind of um, come around with this this sort of new character that he's he's uh, going with. But I I really think that this beginning of the feud was just kind of excellent. It was really well done. Both men are great on the mic and just really can you can get behind like both the words that both of them are saying. Like you truly believe that Seth Rollins really thinks he's God's gift and 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 that's what he's trying to give off, you know. So this was all exciting for me. Well, we see Tony Storm debut and squash Lena Vega. What the hell has happened to Tony Storm since then? Even reading these notes back, you're going, she did debut, you're right. But, I mean, I've, I completely forgot until you just actually reminded me then that she's actually on SmackDown. Yeah, I mean, she came and, and out. And that's not even meant to be an insult. <laughs> she's not been on. Um, we no. then get... Tom v. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, and then Jimmy scored a roll-up with the assist from Jay for the win. Shades of the finish for Money in the Bank. And then Reigns addressed the challenge from John Cena made on Raw. He mocked Cena, saying Hollywood fooled him because that guy that's back now is the same guy I've been watching for the last 15 years. He denied Cena's challenge, which brought out Finn Balor, and Balor issued a challenge of his own. Um, the show ended on a cliffhanger with no date immediately announced for the impending match. Um, again, this was made because obviously we see John Cena come back and then Balor popping up. Did this cause any confusion with you or did you think, oh, this is just prolong the Cena-Reigns match by putting Balor in? Yeah, I think that um, that was like kind of my very thought when, when watching this part. And uh, there was just a part of me that was actually just kind of feeling like a little bit like, uh, annoyed by by this uh, because of I just kind of realised, you know, you bring likes of Finn Balor back but then like you're kind of putting him into a feud that we all know is going to be very irrelevant for him in in a short while you know I I didn't really I I, I kind of already saw him as like sort of the middle man that will just keep us distracted until we finally got the Roman versus John Cena match you know yeah I definitely see that and I think with SmackDown you're going okay maybe I'll expect it a little bit more but not a bad show well, it's just more the case of like you know, for for the likes of you know, uh, any long term wrestling fans would know that you know you brought Finn Balor up to the main roster, took him back down to NXT, you brought him straight back up to like kind of already be thrown into like a a universal title picture with Roman. Yeah, like then you have the likes of John Cena coming back, who's also looking at into you know, so like you can't help but just think, well, where where are you? Where are things meant to be going with Finn Balor right now? 
Well, it'll be interesting to see. Right, I'm going to do try and do Raw as quick as possible. July 26th, we see the new Raw Women's Champ Nikki Ash start the show and soon was joined by Charlotte and Ripley. And a SummerSlam triple threat was made and Charlotte Nikki for later. Sheamus faced Priest next. Uh, Bad Bunny's friends eventually hit his finisher for the pin. AJ Styles and Omos beat the Viking Raiders again in a good match, but they need more challengers. McIntyre, Jinder Fuke and Drew facing Veer ended in DQ, but Jinder added a solicitor to his team. I just think if it was the late 80s or early 90s, a solicitor might have been an actual wrestler's name. It's not too bad. We get Eva Marie and Dewdrop versus Natalia and Tamina. We get a video from Lily and Alexa Bliss play to distract Eva, allowing Tamina to nail over with a super kick for the pin. Uh, Natalia appeared to need help getting to the back after the match in the injury in this one. Keith Lee faced Karrion Cross in the Battle of the Losers. Uh, these two faced each other for an NXT title take over 30. And this match had the same result. What was the point of bringing Lee back? Mansoor and Ali put their new team to the test against Mason T-Bar. Former Retribution pens come up short as Mansoor got the pin. And then Lashley and MVP came out so the WWE Champion could respond to the challenge issued by Goldberg. Lashley said he refused to signify Goldberg's challenge or response. This brought out Cedric Alexander and Benjamin. Bobby agreed to fight him at the same he then destroyed him, got back to his feet, heat Benjamin with Goldberg sentence to Jack Hammer for Slammer Alexander on top of him for the pin. And in the next match, Morrison beat Riddle thanks to the tag champs. And in the main event, Charlotte beat Nikki Ash. Is there anything there that interests you at all? Um, not really. <laughs> not really. And I, I'm not going to, you know, you just, you, you're just updating me on, on Raw because I, I have given up watching. <laughs> trying to that i usually tend to watch sort of like a, a review on on what went down like the day after well we'll move on to smackdown july 30th cena start the show again calling reigns a coward corbin a came out and eating aa ray beat jimmy with the help of dom ray did call the son a rookie wondering if this was the start of something and then the boss made a much anticipated return saving belair when vega and carmella interrupted and stood tall alongside the rest of the opponent of course cars subject to change so with the Sasha Banks and Belair build, I'm kind of just giving you the notes rather than going into massive detail about it. Because, uh, of course, yeah. we're going to go with that with a match. Uh, Reginald came out as an American. Yeah. Uh, it must be tough for Reginald to come out as an American. Uh, his match with Gable ended in DQ. Oh. And then Reigns and Balor made their way to the ring for a special contract signing ahead of their SummerSlam match. Uh, Baron Corbin attacked out of nowhere just when it appeared, though, that he would sign the dotted line. Cena rushed the ring, laid him out, and signed the contract. And after the break, Paul Heyman questioned the validity of what just witnessed, only for Deville and Pierce to officially announce Cena v. Reigns for SummerSlam. So this is how they did it. What were your thoughts on Cena signing Balor's contract? Um, I wasn't too pleased with how things went. This is exactly what I was actually talking about when Finn sort of first kind of came into the picture um, that I didn't know where we were going with him. And I just thought it was just really, like, underwhelming. You had so much going on in that whole section. And, like, the main thing I took away from it is that Finn Balor got screwed over by everyone. Finn Balor got screwed over by Baron Corbin. He got screwed over by uh, John Cena. He ultimately got screwed over by... Roman Reigns, who didn't stop John Cena from signing his contract, and as a result, like, none of the people, aka like Adam Pierce or or Sonya, told Cena that's like invalid, like he can't do that, like the intention was 
happen. So I just really, again, I have no idea what things were, are meant to be going for Finn. I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss and I'm gutted about that because I think he's actually a really great talent. I've had some uh, stick about Balor in the past where I'm saying that he would make a great Intercontinental Champion and people think he's main event. And like I say, he sent talent in certain ways, but I just think a mid-card run, I think for the amount of time he's been there, if he was a true main event talent, he would be at the top. And I think we've seen it with people like Dolph Ziggler in the past, mm. you know, when they kind of suffer an injury or, or miss a bit of time and the kind yeah. of, that confidence is lost near enough forever, you know, which is a, a bit yeah. of a shame. Yeah. But it's just a runner consistency of the main roster. I could see him as as an intercontinental uh, champion, and I think he could actually elevate that belt. So I mean, I wouldn't even mind seeing him in that run. But it's just like I just question like a lot of their choices on the way they fought him back because it's like he's not making as big an impact as I as we all know he can because he's kind of just been put in as the distraction, kind of the third wheel. Um, of the main title picture, which I don't think was necessary. No, not at all. Uh, Big E, Cesaro and King Nakamura battled Ziggler, Rude and Icy Chan. Cruz, the faces while Manaka rolled up Cruz. Edge made his way to the ring and just be jumped in the aisle during a commercial break. So the best thing of the show we didn't get to see because it was an ad break. Uh, Rollins stood tall in a centre square circle. He said, if I can't be Universal Champion, neither can Edge, said Rollins. And like he said, for me, this is the real mate of SummerSlam so far because of the fire of both men. And Rollins, if it wasn't for Reigns not being there, Rollins would be talked about so much because he's, he's working so well since WrestleMania. When you where Cesaro and he were, and Rollins is kind of on all the way up, and Cesaro, well, that's another conversation, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to Seth, I think he does his, his best work when he's in like a heel-type persona and um this again is yet again another pairing that just works really well i think him and cesaro did amazing at um wrestlemania it is a shame that they kind of dropped the ball with cesaro and i don't really know what's in in the store for the future for him but with rollins they're, they're definitely getting it right well in the main event of smackdown we see bianca Belair, tasha banks um beating Selena Vega and Carmella, the boss tapping out Carmella. After the match, Banks left her lane. Now, I know it changed, but just at this point, because we've talked about uh, Banks and Belair, because of WrestleMania, we talked about the build-up. At this point here, you're thinking they're, they're building towards one of the greatest moments at SummerSlam as well, because we need Banks as a heel and Belair as a face at this moment. Definitely. I mean, especially with... Uh, uh, how how the women's roster has been perceived as of late. These are two two women that really stand out in, in a great and iconic way. Um, they work well together, and I think like the anticipation was there for, for that rematch. Everyone wanted that rematch since, since WrestleMania. I think we're out of doubt. And again, I'm going to try and do Raw as quickly as possible as well. So it's the 2nd of August. And Go we on, get, update me. We get Goldberg challenging Lashley. After the Hall of Famer left, Lashley got in his son's face at ringside. MVP took some trash to his son for Goldberg came back to hit his spear on MVP. The Chicago crowd, so CM Punk chance, but we want Wyatt as well. WWE turned the volume down on the crowd as uh, Fear and Shanky versus Drew McIntyre ended a DQ. Uh, pointless. Um, Ripley beat Jackson, a fun match. Now getting busted open shows, they were laying it in. 
Um, in a tag rematch from last week, Mansour and Ali took on Mason T-Bar. T-Bar kicked Mansour in the ropes and caused Ali to lose balance. This allowed the two powerhouses to score the win. Charlotte, we want Becky Flair, gave an awful promo. Tamina beat Dewdrop and Natalia not there and Bliss Bricks. Miz TV led to Priest beating Morrison in singles and tag match with Morrison and Sheamus losing to Priest and Ricochet. I must beat Riddle, bro. Cross lost again, but the victor Keith Lee is no longer getting buried, so that's good. I can't wait for Jeff Hardy to finish the isolation so he can beat both of them. Reggie beat Tazawa, and the main event was the best match of the night. Nikki Ash beat Charlotte. Nice powerbomb for the announce table from Flair. Charlotte speared the table and got hit with a swing and that break for the clean loss. Not actually a bad main event there, you know. Well, I'm just glad to hear it's uh, two women in the main event. It's nice to see. That's one thing Raw is getting, I don't say getting right, but the placement of the women, you're going to get four or five segments as opposed to kind of just like the one throwaway match sometimes. And I'm not, yeah. again, not having to go AEW there. Uh, SmackDown July. Uh, Sasha Banks kicked off this week's episode of SmackDown. She told Banks she would see her at SummerSlam. And that's for Vega, they got a match for the women's title tonight. Um, I, I think Vega is just there to be shouted at. Uh, up next, Dom versus Jay. Dom was posted with the yeah, match but tonight. I again, I don't think it needs. Uh, I don't think it needs to be her. Um, that is constantly getting squashed here. Again, that that there's other women that they're still not using on that roster. Um, like we talked about in the previous uh, episode. Uh, where's Tony Storm? I just think that um. Right now, it feels like Zelina Vega has just returned to become a jobber, and I think that she could be more than that. Yeah, I would agree with you there. It seems like the only women they've got is Carmella and Zelina Vega at this moment, where that's just not true. Like I said, Dom was supposed to win the match, uh, but Ray was intercepted by Jimmy. The traction allowed Jay to recover, deliver top by splash, and score the pinfall victory. And this told a certain story, I suppose. Nakamura defeated Cruz via disqualification. I feel a bit sorry for Cruz. I think they've forgotten that he's IC champion. Biggie reminded Heyman, who was running the bank. Knox defeated Tamina. The crowd was back to normal quiet during matches now. I wonder how long it would take after they came back. Uh, Edge made his way to the ring. um, And then Rollins appeared via satellite. He laughed off Edge's threats and told him he would think about his challenge for a match at SummerSlam. The Street Profits returned to defeat Dogs in a quick match. The Frog Splash, though, is just wow. You know, I've seen... Honestly, I I swear Montez Ford is the only one that can try and, like, outdo his own record on height. (laughs) It is is something else. Uh, Blair beat Vega in the Championship Contender match. So not enough talent to do number one contenderships. You have to have a championship. And then the main event, Balor versus (laughs) Corbin. The uh, Balor winner with a coup de grace. After the match, he called John Cena. So he'd go through him for me to get shot the Universal title. This brought out Roman Reigns, which Balor. And the Usos jumped in, but Balor fought, Balor fought back, wiping out the tag team champs and down in Reigns with a sling blade. The Usos recovered though and joined the Tribal Chief for a beatdown. That included Reigns, applied the guillotine choke and stand tall to close out the show. Uh, Finn looked really good. It's a shame they charged Cena when Balor was getting the shit out, kicked it out of him, you know. Again, that is just kind of the point I was, I've was i been making kind of from the beginning that I just feel like he was put in there pointlessly and just like is a forgotten character. Um, it's a shame because I think Finn Balor could give more, but maybe they shouldn't have like injected him in, in between this view. 
Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. We're going to Raw August 9th. Uh, Autumn returns, start the show and set up the main event. Jinder paid Corbin to face Drew. Corbin said he wanted $100,000 and Matt laughed and hit him with a claymore. Uh, Drew, Drew actually looked good and a positive reaction. Uh, Cross beat Jeff Hardy. Why have him lose a couple of weeks ago then? Bliss beat Drew Dewdrop. Lily Nadal winked at Dewdrop and scared her enough to allow Bliss, Bliss to get the win with a quick roll-up. Yes, I just said that. Um, we want white dry chance as well. Everything wrong with Raw right there. The CGI doll, the chance of some other wrestler. It's it just... was a CGI doll. Yeah, like you said, CGI doll uh, winking yep. at Dewdrop. Unbelievable stuff. Uh, Sheamus beat Ricochet in a <laughs> banger. That's true. Priest is next in line. He faced Morrison for the fourth this year. Jomo went down, but Miz has recovered now. Uh, T-Bar beat Ali, and they were with Bobby. MVP said loads of He implored Gage can get into his dad to retire. He's not next. He's done. Nikki Ashfrey ripped the end of the DQ thanks to Charlotte. Uh, take a shot every time Charlotte takes her heels off to attack someone. Uh, WWE stood for Walter yeah. Elias, but Elias is dead. Uh, and Orton v. AJ was a main event. Huge RKO. Styles jumped off the top rope to get the pin. Orton ended up hitting Riddle with the RKO after pretending to hug him. To be fair, the Raw, the whole night was based around RK Bro, and the fans were happy. Uh, this was Kind of good stuff, I suppose, to tell the story. Um, I know Riddle got hit with the RKO, and it just shows you can't trust Orton. But what were your thoughts on Elias? Because we've talked about the jobber before. Is him killing the only thing that kind of popular a good idea? I mean, I mean, what do you mean by that? Because you're going to have to update me, because I, I don't watch Raw. So how did he kill off his character? Elias is dead. He sings no more. The Elias you knew is he buried him basically. What himself? Yeah, there's a tombstone Elias, twenty seventeen, twenty twenty one. He goes to the Elias. There was actually a tombstone. Oh right. Okay. Yeah, he actually buried him. Okay, he wears so we're going for the full now. dramatics of him being dead. Yes, the, that <laughs> character is now dead. Um, I mean, I'd be, I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm intrigued now to see, like, you know, what type of character he's going to come back with then. So, I'll, I'll leave myself open for judgment for the moment. We'll talk about scary things Friday the thirteenth, and it's SmackDown. And seeing the start of the show and issued a grade of D to Reigns, labelled him a disappointment. He also acknowledged the head of the table beat the hell out of him at SummerSlam, but will still lose. Reigns interrupted. Uh, Cena called Reigns had been pushed by W through failure after failure. He said W asked him to come back and offer the champion some humble pie. Reigns said he thought it would be something fresh to see in his act. Reigns mockingly hyped Cena's resume, bringing up the breakup of Nikki Bella. Cena return fire mentioned the protection Reigns as a joy from W system and suggested he ruined Seth Rollins and ran off Dean Ambrose. The end of the segment was suggesting he might take the Universal Championship and leave. Uh, it might even blow a kiss as he does it. Uh, embarrassing the tribal chief in a way he never been. This I thought this was a great back and forth between the two. We got CM Punk reference. We have got John Moxley reference. What more do we need? Honestly, I think this was like the best sort of uh, um, back and forth between John John and Roman that I've seen. Um, each one of them was just going in for the burn. You got like the Nikki Bella reference, which is just never going to go away for John Cena. It really isn't. I mean. Um, 
then you then you get the Dean Ambrose uh, drop in. Like WWE are kind of like stopping this whole. We're not going to acknowledge the other side when it's clear and evident that AEW do acknowledge some some of the stuff that goes on in WWE. So to kind of see see this sort of like natural. Uh, banter between these two just cover each other. It was actually really nice. It felt very real. I think without a doubt, and I think what I've read into it as well is that they didn't see each other before and didn't know what they're going to say. So, and Vincent Mann loved it, and it just showed two guys, you know, at their best. We've seen Cena and Reigns head to head first, but of course, this is a different Roman. Um, and I think the kind mm. of confidence oozed for him as well is unbelievable. Well, the Intercontinental yeah. title was next. Cruz versus Nakamura. Cruz went for a 50 splash but missed. He recovered and dodged the Kinshasa, but moments later, the undisputed king delivered his finisher and scored his second Intercontinental title reign. After the match, the new champ Boogs and commentator Pat McAfee celebrated. Cruz held the title for over 100 days. And the question is, did it actually help when you think with position in the card? Um... Overall, when you look at his whole run, I don't. However, I think that if his run as Intercontinental Champion had started uh, during uh, the crowd already being back, I think that he uh, he would there would be a lot more reception around him. Um, And I think that's a shame. But I also think that um, Apollo Crews is the type of person that really doesn't need someone like General Aziz. I think that takes away from his character. Um, I think it could be an excellent heel without having like that additional help, just a decent heel. But um, I just don't think he's been given the right sort of story to kind of allow the character that I can probably envision for him uh, to come like truly to light and be accepted. Yeah. So there's a, a bit more work to the character that needs to happen. And I think that the start of it should be losing generals but that's just my honest opinion well I listened to uh, Bobby Lashley with Stone Cold of Broken Skull Sessions he talks about Bobby talks about wanting Apollo Crews in the Hurt business because he just seems a bit too nice and he wanted to kind of you know make mm. him into that hill and I think that would maybe be the perfect fit because what can Crews can do in the ring is amazing I think like I said sometimes might be too nice mm. and with the kind of heavy that he's yeah. got now with this storyline Maybe something a little bit different, but still a great pop for Nakamura. I agree. Um, the street yeah, profits. definitely. I think Nakamura is definitely someone who I could see going eventually into a, a actual main title run. Um, but I, I think that he's just like, he, now that the crowd's back, we should keep running with him. Now that he's champion, keep building him. Um, I think that's the best option they should go with considering they screwed that up when they had him win the Royal Rumble and then got squashed by AJ. So, like, this could be a good eventual build-up towards a main title run. Without doubt. Well, the Street Profits defeated Alpha Academy. Two good teams, and I think Montez can actually fly. Rollins aired a video package Mm -hmm. that uh, counteracted the Hall of Famer's statements and explained the architect is better than his Amazon opponent. He vowed to make up for 2014 when he hesitated to end Edge at SummerSlam. The video was excellently made and featured Big Show and Rose Christian. This was just good shit about, you know, Rollins counteracting. Again, it's that arsehole hill that he plays so well as well. Yeah. 
And yeah, it's, it's also kind of like a nice little hint of nostalgia at like what he has been like in the past. Well, we get the Mysterios versus Ziggler and Rude. Jimmy and Jay appeared on the screen. Uh, they distract a young star, but an alert Ray led his team to victory. Uh, Don must stay humble. humble. Uh, Corbin versus Owens. Money if he won. If he lost, never beg again. Owens delivered a stunner before, then roll up, score the win. After the bout, he had another stunner, good, good measure. But Corbin stole the money in the bank. Briefcase from Big E ran out of the building. Owens is just too good to be doing nothing, isn't he? You know, we've talked about this in the past. I mean, do you know what? If I'm truly honest, I would have actually been much happier if they'd swapped that sort of Finn Balor and Kevin Owens around. Like, Kevin Owens doesn't necessarily need a title, but, like, just even having him inserted in the Roman Reigns-John Cena feud, I think would have, like been a lot more efficient um in my opinion and i think he should be used for so much more and, he, and he's not and i this is a, is a wonder why because he's amazing without a doubt you know and then we see sonia deville fires over the contract signing between bianca blair and sasha banks uh carmela and vega came out they, like i said they may be the only women in the division at the moment i guess everyone's friends or go home shows yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about vega you know well, banks Fighting last week. I mean, can I, can I actually just? I, I know, like they're all of a sudden their best friends. It's just really funny. But I, I do what I do want to do is give a shout out to Zelina Vega who came out, um, and she had sort of um this. She came out cosplaying as a a, a character from Naruto. His name's Gara, and he uh, had like a, a Japanese tattoo of love above his eye, and she did that exact same one. So that's a little anime reference from Naruto, which I love very much. So thank you for that, Zelina Vega. That's cool. Well, we move on to Raw 16th August, like we said, the go home show. Orton started the show again. He said he didn't need friends because he's a 14 time champion. Um, he said he hit the arcade because he's full. Uh, <laughs> Riddle said he thought he got hit by the arcade because he thought Orton wanted. Hit it properly, which actually, again, Riddle makes me laugh sometimes. And I think you fucking idiot, but it got me. And then AJ and almost come out of the stage to talk to him. He told Riddle he's sick of him, say the word bro. And then AJ beat Riddle thanks to Omos in a really good opener. Um, this is awesome chance for a bit much, though. I mean, for an opening match on Raw, it's just not awesome. Nikki Ash versus Ridley. Ray hit the riptide for the clean win. And then the Queen talked Nick until almost superhero attacked her out of anger. She and Ripley took turns hitting her before throwing out the ring. I've talked about this before. Cross having an auto ego would be so good. But it feels like the same build every week since WrestleMania with Ripley and Charlotte. It's it's crazy. McIntyre easy dispatched Veer and Shanky. Yes, the two big men. He just dusted them off, really. The first ever moist TV. Miz and Morrison arguing over injury. Priest arrived and pushed Miz into the kiddie pool that was in the ring. They beat him in a match via bro kip, sending a message to Sheamus. Priest, Miz, Morrison have been feuding since the Royal Rumble. It is crazy. Bliss versus Marie announced for SummerSlam. Do drop the scare by Lily. I can't believe a doll replaced Bray Wyatt. When you think of I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I don't have to really witness it, if I'm truly honest. <laughs> Mansoor beat Mace thanks to the underhand taxes by Ali. 
And then Omos and Orton ended in DQ. Riddle ran down to make the save. He sent Styles out the ring and kicked Omos off the apron. He helped Orton to his feet and the Viper asked for a mic and said, Riddle earned his respect. RK bro is back. Um, and then Riddle again saying, you make me so happy, Randy. It actually made me laugh and they hugged it out. Uh, Cross destroyed Jeff, still no Scarlet. Elias is still Nikki and Rhea lost to Jackson Charlotte because twice. And then Goldberg came out to close the show with his confrontation with Lashley. He said MVP and Lashley keep bringing the sun into it. So he officially introduced Gage Goldberg to the crown. That's what we want, another son of a wrestler. Uh, the almighty music came out. Lashley's hype man said Goldberg used to be a man of action, but now all he did was talk because he's scared of WWE. And um, Goldberg told him to fuck off and actually told him to fuck off. And it's speared Lashley after he tried to take a cheap shot. So that was Raw's build up to SummerSlam. Absolutely awful. And then finally, SmackDown, August 20th, we get uh, Edge coming out to the ring. Accompanied by another superb video recap of his ongoing feud with Seth Rollins. He recapped the moment seven years ago where Rollins had his future end him. He admitted that Rollins has taken him to a dark place, a place where blood runs black. He vowed to burn Rollins down in Las Vegas. We had Jay versus Ray next. Dominic tried to cheat on behalf of his farmer, but referee Charles Robson sent to the back. Distraction allowed Jay to deliver, to deliver the top row splash for the win. Um, we've seen these teams too much. In another match, we saw too much Owens versus Corbin again. After a fight, and Biggie's music came out, and he took the money brief briefcase, only to be run into the, 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 I say, lamp post, ring post, sorry, and have the briefcase nicked again. Uh, Blair delivered an on point promo. Shotzi and Knox defeated Natalia and Tamina. At least Natalia is back. And then Seth Rollins made his way to the ring. And we hear the Beru's music play. The arena began engulfed in red. And Edge appeared on the video screen. And beware, take care, because the freaks come out at night. You never see it coming. He warned before black blood spilled from the ceiling. Coat Rollins and turned his suit black. I apologise for talking so much. But there's so much just filler on Raw and Smackdown. What do you think of the black bloodbath on Seth Rollins because I thought this took the feud a different way I mean to be honest it it really did give me very much nostalgia and 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 very much thinking right okay so this is definitely going to lead to that edge coming out very gangrel like brood or something building up towards that but I actually really enjoyed it it's it's something it was something different um and you know I think if if something like that had happened like during like Alexa Bliss with Lily, with Lily and Dewdrop and even Ray, I wouldn't have been impressed. But somehow Seth and Edge managed to make it work, you know. I think right. I think for me, I wanted them to see, you know, have a fight. But bringing a bruise thing, especially what happened at SummerSlam as well, I think it's mm. all right. And you know, I, this is just the start of at least two guys. I think going to feud for a little while now as well. We'll finish that though. Otis yeah. versus Ford. Otis overwhelmed Ford with size and fury and finished off a short order with Vader Bomb. Boogs and Nakamura defeat Cruz and Aziz. Cruz jobbed again. Belair faced Fagan, dispatched with ease. Then Carmella faced a champ. Um, this is kind of how to ruin any challenges, but Belair is getting better every week. And then we see Roman Reigns hit the ring to end the show, followed by John Cena, of course, to their final interaction. Cena kept going on the two threes, all he's going to take him. 
and Reigns up the stakes and vowing that if if he can't beat Cena, he will quit the WWE. Um, and one of these things, Reigns said he smashes people so bad, WWE don't have a use for them. Braun Bray, Brian, he is right. But Reigns leaving WWE wasn't needed. What were your thoughts on this last altercation? I mean, like, I feel like their banter has been great and I actually didn't think I would going to look forward to the match so, but I was by the end of it however Reigns like you know coming out with a statement like that no one truly believes he's going to leave especially like you know we all know Vince has lost quite a few people we also know like quite a few people are showing up in AEW where it could cause like issues for WWE there's no way Vince would be actually allowing that to happen so I just think it was quite unnecessary to put that in no one truly believes that he'd be leaving. So it's kind of, kind of a guarantee that, you know, Reigns would win it, yeah, in my opinion. This is, a, when, you, when they do that, you go, oh, why just not leave it? Because then it's, it removes all doubt for anybody who kind of knows. Uh, but we move on August 21st and it's SummerSlam kickoff. And Kayla Braxton hosted a show on the stadium floor with Booker T, Jerry the King Lawyer and Kevin Patrick with Pete Rosenberg. Um, we see, obviously, all of the promo uh, packages for the matches tonight. W Championship, SmackDown Women's Title. Sonya Deville joins the panels to talk about. Um, Belair versus Banks. And we see the Miz and John Morrison were shown arriving at the stadium in water truck with a SummerSlam logo on the side. And Mike Rimes in the ring. Rain Cruz is a guest ring announcer. She won the TikTok contest. She did really well, actually. And our kickoff match was Big E versus Baron and uh, infuriated Biggie dominated early, but Corbin sent him to the ring post, seizing control of the bout and closing in on a win that would give him so much needed momentum. Corbin down with deep six, cutting off any attempt at a comeback. Corbin attempted to run off the briefcase, but recovered Biggie, bowled him over at ringside. He had the spear through the ropes and followed the big ending for the pinfall victory. Biggie retrieved his briefcase, following the match as Logan Paul looked on. <laughs> and the mere camera shot of him drawing booze. From the Las Vegas fans, uh, what were your thoughts on this kickoff match? I mean, to be honest, I would have put Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie on the kickoff, and I would have had this one on on the main event. And that's just my opinion, but I actually thought that this was yeah. I, I thought this was really, really good. One of the things I found funny was Pat and Carl explaining how ridiculous steering would be because of course you can't steal a briefcase I guess it's not like signing someone else's contract because that would just be crazy you know um, <laughs> I mean, you know they didn't announce the match like most kickoffs but it did carry on the story with Corbin no Balor anyway but two solid talents both could be in for big ends of 2021 do you reckon yeah I mean potentially yeah it feels like it could be good it's going to be interesting to see. What are you going to score out of five? I'll give that like a like a three. Three. I'm going to give it a three and a yeah. half. I I think three and a half for me because it was just really, really strong stuff. And uh, then we see the panel mm. run through the pay-per-view lineup. Then the video package on Reigns versus Cena. And we move on to SummerSlam. So what was your excitement level for the event and the match you were most looking forward to just before SummerSlam started? I mean, the match I was definitely looking forward to was definitely Seth versus um, Edge. That was my most anticipated match. Um, 
I think the excitement level for me was actually quite um, heightened. And I think that is because of, uh, you know, our, our watch party just before, um, you know, sort of the build up towards it and just having like great discussions about it and stuff. So I was really, you know, intrigued and excited to be to be looking to start it and see see what came out of it. Yeah, I think without a doubt. And the setting as well, you know, being in the stadium made it feel like WrestleMania. Uh, and I just, there's a kind of general excitement before you're thinking, God, the, the way the cards laid out tonight, you know, like we talked about the main event was going to be good. Edge and Rollins, of course, uh, Belair and Banks as well. And you're thinking, this has really got a chance, you know? Mm, definitely. Well, the opening promo was just standard WWE stuff. I miss the special openings they used to have. And the first match on the main card was the Raw Tag Team Championship. RK Bro versus AJ Styles and Omos. And Riddle led an early onslaught, frustrating Styles. The former world champion low downed the original Bro and worked him over in the corner of the ring. Riddle mentally created separation, made a hot tag to Orton who unloaded clotheslines and a big back body drop. He set up for the RKO but an alert Omos pulled Styles to safety. Riddle wiped the big man out on the floor and the phenomenal one returned the favour. Back inside the ring, a brief back and forth gave way to the RKO by Orton and the first title switch of the night. Ladies and gentlemen, your new Raw Tag Team Champions, RK, bro. What were your thoughts on Um, I thought it was decent. Um, I, I can't get into Randy Orton's, uh, what is it, like a sort of moustache and beard sort of thing. I, I'm... I really don't understand it. I'm finding it really a, a major distraction, if I'm truly honest. Um, but, I mean, I didn't mind the title switch. Don't get me wrong, I like AJ and almost, but I think that AJ needs to go back to being a single superstar um, at some point. And so, you know, now was uh, the, the time, really, to kind of switch. RK Bro has got a lot of heat and a lot of traction, so we're not... Um, take full advantage of that you know i thought it was a really fun opener i must protected usually means a split is coming we wonder what more i must and styles can do but then nick styles can do but then again they've got no challenges at this moment of time i'm going to give that three and a half out of five like i said i quite enjoyed the opener yeah i'd, I'd agree and probably give it 3.5 as well prediction wise well select match pod challenge just so on the live show, we split into teams ourselves. I'm with Monty, Jaxie, you got the ultimate one. Um, Jaxie and Select Match Pod went for the hills in that one. Uh, and of course, Monty and JR went for new tag team champions. So it is 1-0-0 nil, nil to start. Poll-wise, RK Bro with 76% of the vote. Up next, I'll do this as quick as possible. Bliss versus Eva Marie. The pink-haired Hill made a mistake of slapping Lily, then used a doll to smack Bliss, drawing in a passionate and furious response from the former World Women's Champion. Bliss shock of an earful by Marie and scored the win off a spike DDT. Dewdrop, amused by Eva's loss, grabbed the mic and announced her associate as a loser of the match. What were your thoughts? Uh, this was actually torture. This... Sh- this shouldn't have ever happened. This match was awful. Well, I don't everything think everything about it. It wasn't terrible, but whatever the next level up from oh, it was that awful. is. I'm sorry, but like, please explain to me how how anyone really believes that even Marie has been really working hard to to, to wrestle. There was no wrestling like involved in this match. It was it was just it was it was just not needed. So I just don't have much to say on it because I didn't enjoy it at 
I mean, for me, this was like we knew what it was going to be like. Like I said, it wasn't terrible, but whether the next level up from terrible is, this was that. Because still, Bliss is, is very, very talented. This was over before it began. I'm going to give this a two out of five. What are you going to score it? Yeah, I'll give it a one. And we all I'm being went... really nice. Yeah, no, that, that, like I said, but for me... I could have the... given it a you know, so I'm, yeah. at least I'm giving it a one. I, I count Penelope Ford and even Marie in the same boat, you know, so it's like talent like that, maybe. We'll see what happens there. Uh, all went Bliss, so 2 one, one. Poll wise, Bliss 93% of the vote. And then we see Slater interviewing RK Bro. Of course, Slater takes you back to Save La Belle. And he said, he doesn't age. He does. Well, he did say WWF, but he's just annoyed that his dog ate all his homework last night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we move on. United States Championship match. Damien Priest versus Sheamus. Scary dive to the floor. Adversely affected the challenger, who appeared to be nursing his hip immediately afterwards. Sheamus sending him back first in a still post help. And as Celtic Warriors rest control the match from the archer in Infi, Priest fought back, taking flight with a perfectly executed heel kick from the top rope. Sheamus answered with Alabama slam. Sheamus added a bro kick, catching Priest mid-flight, but it was in it challenge again, kicked out at two. Priest survived a heel hook, ripping the face bust of Sheamus to force a break. He delivered a big kick that rocked the champion and finished with the reckoning for the win and the championship. Ladies and gentlemen, your new United States champion, Damien Priest, what were your thoughts on this? Uh, I thought it was a good match overall. Um, I think both men, um, you know, just showed off exactly what they can do. Um, I really enjoy Seamus. I think that, um, I think that, you know, I, I, I hope that just because of this loss, he doesn't um, look to it like those. They don't look to forget about it uh, because I think he's actually brilliant. Um, but I mean, I'm kind of intrigued to see where they're going to go with. Damien Priest on this. I, I'm hoping that because now that he's got this title, there's going to be no more sort of him feuding with Miz and Morrison all the time. I'm hoping that this will kind of give him, open up, him up to other matches with other wrestlers. So we'll see how uh, this goes. Yeah, Priest coming up short with that dive to the outside is a bit of a scary moment, but a great kick out after that broke knee as well. And I've kind of really got into it toward the end. I'm going to give that a three and three. Five because I thought both men really delivered. Yeah, um, yeah, I'll give that like a three point five. And then prediction wise, well, Jackson Select Match Pod went Sheamus. Uh, we went for Damian Priest, so we take a three one one lead. Priest got sixty five percent of the vote there. Then the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Mysterios versus the Usos, and the challengers started hot. Taking the fights of the champion and frustrating them early. The Uso slowed the pace though and isolated Dominic from his dad as they established Dominant. Uh, hot tag to race spot the Bayface comeback as the greatest underdog in WWE unloads on the opposition. A super kick from Jimmy stunned the former world champion, another in mid flight. This one by Jay led to the top row splash for a dramatic near fall. On the apron, Jay delivered a front suplex to the ring apron, eliminated Dominic from the proceedings, a double suplex to Ray, and a top row splash by Jay. Their title reigns. Uh, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I really enjoyed this match. I thought it was really good. Uh, I thought all four men worked really well together, and I do love the Usos. I, I'm glad that they um, remain champions. Um, 
but I, I do feel like there's like you know more for them to be able to do as champions. So yeah, was, I enjoyed. Yeah, like I said, this was a really really fun match. Quality near falls as well, but I think the hills stalled for ages, and Ray took a lot of punishment. But nice finish, like I'm gonna give that three and a half out of five. Yeah, I'll give that. I, I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. Three and three quarters. Prediction wise, all went yeah. USO, so it's four two two. Poll wise, USO's fifty eight percent of the vote, and then we find out two K is delayed till March next year. I just cannot wait to play as none of my favourite characters on the game. You know, it's going to be brilliant when it happens. Um, what are, your thoughts? are you a 2K fan or after what happened to 2K20, um, do you give up? So, I never bought 2K20 and I'm glad I didn't and I'm I'm not going to buy two, the, the next one until I see reviews and, and see what people think about um yeah, I'm really hesitant on their games at the moment. So, you know, maybe this delay actually is for a good thing and, and it will make the game better. But I, I'm going to wait and, and wait for some reviews on it before I think about getting it. Yeah, I think we're out of Well, we get Tiffany Haddish. She called Priest the national champion, which I guess is cool. Uh, and then SmackDown Women's Champion Bianca Belair hit the ring for a match with Sasha Banks. Only to find out the boss... Would not be competing on a night. Instead, Carmella was juiced as a new challenger. Uh, fucking WWE give us Carmella as Banks replacement. But then the man comes around. Becky Lynch made a long-awaited return to a fungus ovation. Joining the EST and her opponent in a square circle. Lynch dispatched Carmella and issued a challenge to Blair for a championship match. The EST accepted. And seconds later, she fell prey to a manhandle slam. And Lynch captured the title. After a single move. Um, leave this with you. Go on. Okay. Let, let, let's just real talk here right now, okay? Because we all know that I'm about to upset some fans here. I am a Becky Lynch fan, okay? But I was not a fan of any of this. Um, I know that uh, WWE at this point were resorting to despotism when it comes to someone else turning up like the night before at a different venue. However, this was not the way to go about bringing Becky Lynch back into the title picture and to do what she did to Bianca Belair. I'm not a huge fan of it. I saw We witnessed this before with Brock Lesnar versus Kofi. I got no respect for that type of uh, thing to happen when it's like constantly happening to persons of colour. That is my honest opinion. I might make some haters from that, but you know what? Uh, that, that's the way things go. Like, you know, you should still have some form of respect, and Bianca was doing extremely well. I don't think that Becky needed to have to be handed the title the second she got back. She walked into in there, demanded, like, a, an opportunity as if she, she deserves to be, like, at the top of the food chain. It kind of reminded me of, like, how... You know, when Ronda Rousey first came into WWE and was just kind of handed the title picture. And it's the same with Charlotte Flair. Whenever she returns from time off or an injury or something like that, she's just placed, the belt is just placed instantly back on her. But this squash was just terrible, in my opinion, and unnecessary. There was so many ways around it. Even if they wanted to do a squash, then have... Carmelo or Vega, who had been the fawn in Belair's side recently, caused a distraction at the bell so Lynch can just roll up 
move rather than kind of Belair walking into it. If that's what you want to do, exactly. Um, exactly. At least leaving Bianca looking strong, like you know, taking her out with just one move. I think how can you do that to someone who actually lifted up the likes of Otis? Like you know, that that's just absolutely fucking ridiculous in my opinion. And so yeah, it already I'm just going to tell you now is a zero. It gets a zero. The thing is, is like you said, there's something seriously wrong about treating talent where it's... And I read this the other day, I thought it was quite interesting. It's WWE are looking for moments now. They don't care about matches or overall story. It's just moments. Your 30-second minute clip, you can play on Twitter, social media age as it is. And a Lynch return and winning in 30 seconds is a much better clip than them having a, like a 15, 20-minute match. I hope I'm wrong about it, but when you see other things that's happened... You just think, yeah, that's a YouTube clip, and that's kind of what they want. Um, the thing the, is, yeah, this is the only thing they were looking for, but it, it just does nothing for the talent. And if anything, it just goes to start burying them, and then you worry that you know they they won't recover from those moments, you know. So it, it was just unnecessary, in my opinion. Well, even have a ten fifteen minute match with cutting idiots backstage and the skits. And, and, you know, give us something like that. Or even, you know, the, the, the thing is, talk about distractions. Have a match, even if it's five minutes, and play Sasha Banks' theme music, you know? You get reaction, yeah. Blair looks around. It's There's so many different ways. Tell us Banks wasn't there. And then the excitement yeah. on Friday of, who's Blair opponent? Oh, we think it's Lynch. And then the payoff lap will be even more. Look what happened, like you said, with CM Punk on Friday. Mm, exactly and do you know what you are actually right I didn't even um, uh, make a comment on that but I think like you know the continuous false advertisement of it being advertised as Belair versus Sasha just to find out literally the moment Belair is in the ring it it goes to piss fans off and I know that WWE like to do that often but I just think it was extremely unnecessary with you then going ahead and then bringing Becky Lynch back in the way you did and then just squash Belair, like at least, you know, give us, you know, that that momentum of, oh, Sasha Banks is no longer able to be there. Who who's it gonna be? Give us that speculation so that when it is Becky Lynch, that's the pop that we'd get. You know, that's your YouTube moment. Rather than squashing someone within that you've been building up since Becky's been off, you know, doing her own thing rightly so as well. You know, you've just completely squashed this person and I don't understand, you know, what your purpose of that was, if you if you if you know they're going to be a future champion again, it's the it's the exact opposite. Like I said, of what happened on Friday with the you know because I was saying, well, if yeah. AEW don't deliver, they're disgusting, and WB didn't deliver, they knew they weren't going to deliver, and they still kind of went this way as well. Um, like yeah. I said, you're going to give it a zero. I'll give it a one just because of Becky Lynch's reaction beforehand. Prediction wise. Um, you and I went Belair, Slept Match Pod went Banks, so it's still 4-2-2. Belair, 15%. And then a match I completely forgotten about, Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal next. And we see the modern-day Maharaja down McIntyre working over the centre ring. He cut him down to size, spent the use of his legs to power a comeback. But the former W champ did fight back low and only put Mahal away with a claymore before Shanking V collected their vanquished leader. I actually made no notes of this live, which tells you something of how pissed off I must have been after what we just seen. And looking back on it now, it could have been on Raw and no 
decapitation, Monty. So we didn't get what you wanted. Um, as for the <laughs> match itself, I mean, what were your thoughts on this? Um, I mean, as you rightly said, I feel like this was just kind of a filler match that was just placed there to kind of, you know, maybe just kind of leave people reeling after what, you know, had just taken place and things like that. It just didn't excite me as much as I wanted it to. Um, and, that's, you know, no no, um, no disrespect towards uh, the talent that was involved. I just, I, I felt like, exactly like you said, um, still reeling from, from what had just taken place and just kind of not feeling like um, uh, this was necessary, this match, to be on, on some no, I'm going to give it two and three quarters out of five, only because of Drew. Yeah, I'll give it a two. Whereas we all went Drew, so it's five, three, three. Poll-wise, Drew got 80%. And then the triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship, Charlotte, Ray Ripley, Nikki Ash, and all three competitors took to Sky at different points in the contest. Ripley rocked Flair with a missile drop kick. Nikki pulled off a crossbody that walked out of challenges at ringside. Flair Lowe exited picture-perfect Torino from the top rope, crashing into opponents to the floor. Ripley nursing a bum knee, now with the escaped defeat as the champion broke up Flair's figure four eight. Flair's figure eight submission. The late the champion tried for the crossbody that won a title in the first place, but crashed and burned. Flair seized the opening, applied a figure eight, and earned title number 12, or 13, or 14 to the resume. Um, this was fun in places. What were your thoughts on this? Um... I mean, overall, I think with the outcome, I kind of figured right there and then, okay, so this is what they want for for a Survivor Series. Because look what they just did putting the belt on Becky. They just want Becky versus Charlotte as Survivor Series. That's exactly how I see it. And the match itself was good, but I also just don't understand why you made uh, Nikki Ash the Money in the Bank winner. I felt like that was the most pointless sort of Money in the Bank pickup win, um, yeah. I, I I didn't really have much thought on this map because it's like overall it just kind of left me angry knowing that this is what they wanted was just Becky and Charlotte again in in Survivor Series. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah. This was fun in places, and Charlotte does show up to the big matches no matter what anybody says. But the problem is she has. Not describing that is just unnecessary when you've got so many talented women just continuously being squashed for, for that. And the thing is, like I said, she's great at big matches, but she's had too many big matches. But then again, it's a John Cena effect with the women's division at this mm-hmm. point. And like I said, what's next for Nikki? Definitely. I'm still going to give this a three and a half out of five, like I quite enjoyed the match. Yeah, do you know what? I'll, I'll definitely give it a three and a half as well, I think, because um, the match itself was good and, and all the women, you know, uh, were able to show can, showcase themselves well. Um, it was an enjoyable match with a really shitty outcome, in my opinion. <laughs> That's that is SummerSlam's logo uh, tagline. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, good match, shitty outcome. Um, prediction: were All Charlotte six four four will M. Uh, Ripley got twenty five percent. Nikki thirty three percent. And Charlotte with forty two percent. And now Edge. Versus Seth Rollins, and how fucking sick was that brood entrance for Mayor Jay? Oh my gosh, I actually got goosebumps watching um, him come out with the music and everything. It was unbelievable when it first happened, and then I'm thinking, oh, but we're not going to get on this day, and then suddenly that kicks in as well, and you're going, yes, yes, yeah. I'm in, I'm in. I was, I was really happy that you kind of uh, switched it up halfway through. 
because yeah. um, then I was like, yeah, okay, Edge has arrived. <laughs> well, that's out. It's just brilliant, you know. But the architect wasted little time targeting the neck of Edge, working on a good portion of the contest. Edge attempted a comeback, but Rollins leaped to the top rope, delivered a suplex, seed right into the falcon arrow for a dramatic near fall. Rollins sought the stomp, but Edge dodged. The hill tried for the pedigree, but Edge countered into the glam Sam, a la wife of Beth Phoenix, for his own two count. I thought that was a really nice touch. The rated R superstar yeah. had a spear through the ropes and drove Rollins face first to the edge of the ring, breaking breaking the LED ball. And I'm doing, you know, fingers there. <laughs> uh, back inside Edge, try for the spear, but Rollins caught him in the mid-move with a pedigree in a cool spot. I don't think I've seen a spear into a pedigree since... Mike got, what, Money in the Bank 2016? Uh, Rollins tried for the Phoenix Splash, <laughs> but Edge rolled out the way and did a spear as disbelief and frustration set in. Edge tried for the stomp again, but Edge stopped him and applied the Educator. He applied a cross face, smashing Rollins' face into the mat before forcing the tap out for the win. What do you think of this incredible... I mean, it, it really did not let me down in the slightest. Um, this was the match, like I said, I was most anticipating and looking forward to, and both men just worked so well together. Um, it was just sort of like one of those uh, one of those matches where you really can't take your eyes off the screen because you're just going to miss something. It was the best thing by a country mile. And when you're watching this, you go, this yeah. is what a SummerSlam is. This is what a big WWE should feel like. You know? Yeah, definitely. Completely agree. And Edge coming back. And like I said, even at the start when it's Edge and Rollins, I'm going... That's pretty cool, actually. You know, like, usually on computer games and stuff like that, you might face them off, but to see him in a ring at an event like SummerSlam. And Rollins is just one of these guys that we look back in a few years' time and go, wow, he really was good at big events. But Edge coming through. Were you surprised mm. it was his admission rather than the kind of the spear one, two, three? Yeah. Yeah, I was, to, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I loved that about the match even more that it ended in a submission because it's something new it's something different you know we, we, we all very much are always looking forward to that moment where Edge gets the spear mm. gets into contact with him and then pins him for one two three it's always a hype moment but to actually change it up and, and win with a with a submission it was creative and I just thought it was the perfect ending it, both men were so good in this match um, really were kind of felt leaving uh, like you're, you're questioning what, who was going to win that match. Um, so I enjoyed every aspect of it. You're right out. We're going to score out of five. I mean, this was pretty much a, uh, an awesome match for me. So I'm I'm going to be really nice to give this like a 4.75, three, 4 and 3. Yeah, exactly the same as me. Four and three quarters. Like I said, if it was for the WWE title or in the main event, this would be a five out of five. Predictions, yeah. we all went edge. Uh, seven five five at this moment. Poll wise, Edge sixty seven percent, and then we find out Money in the Bank will be a stadium show next year. I mean, that's pretty impressive. The same set in the SummerSlam, so it looks like the Big Five potentially could all be stadiums. That can only be a good thing, can't it? I mean, there's hope there, isn't there? Um, you know, there, there's a bit of excitement that it's definitely something different and intriguing, which is. Uh, so always good to look forward to, you know. So I'd definitely um, look forward to what potential uh, could come out of it. We then get Xavier Woods, thankfully, cleared the ring of John Morrison and the Miz, bringing an end to a painfully dry comedic segment. This is WWE comedy. And we didn't have time for a long match because obviously we had all this bullshit. 
but then we get mm-hmm. a video package hype and Goldberg managing Bobby Lashley for the W Championship. The camera work for Goldberg's entry god awful. I usually have a go at other companies, but there was one point where just looking at like a blank screen, you go, is this WWE we're talking about? Like, I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> Um, but yeah. Goldberg attacked early and often, getting the best of Lashley with spear when he set up for another in the ring. MVP whacked his knee with his cane. Lashley followed with a chop block, tames out Goldberg into the ring post on the floors. Fans in Vegas expressed their support for the Almighty. Unable to stand because of the injury, Goldberg collapsed to the mat and the referee called for the bell. Lashley grabbed the chair and attacked the damaged leg of his opponent. And then Goldberg's son Gage jumped in the ring and paid for it in the firm form of the Hurt Lock. Um, Bobby might well have been wrestling himself here. What were your thoughts on this match? I mean, I think I, I think this is going to be the first time I'm saying this in a while that I actually enjoyed this Goldberg match. Um, but I think I enjoyed it more in terms of, you know, Bobby Lashley kind of, it felt like he he you know really was kind of fully wrestling someone and and you know we're just getting the chance to see like him at his best. Um, yeah, I thought it was an all right match. Well, didn't I didn't? This is not Goldberg anymore. This is just an old man landing on his head and dropping things. This is a bullshit finish. This means Goldberg and Lashley will continue with Goldberg oh, probably getting the victory. Goldberg probably get yeah, the victory because of his son about, getting the If we're talking about the finish, yeah, I I mean I I wasn't impressed by it at all. I, I don't understand uh, I really didn't understand um why why the ref called it how it is. Um it's very, very questionable and everything to do with then like his son kind of getting involved in and that stuff, um, it just kind of made me realise that they're probably setting this up to kind of feud until uh their Saudi Arabia show, which I had had really no interest in actually seeing anyway. So no, this, this, was, this was awful. I'm going to give this a one and three quarters out of five. This is this was I didn't like this. Um, I'm going to give it a two just because of, uh, I enjoyed Bobby Lashley um beating down on Goldberg before it, it ended. Yeah, the best thing was slammed by Bobby was good. What happened after was better. Bobby didn't know, though. Uh, predictions all went Bobby to 8-6-6. Pole-wise, Bobby 69%. Are the cameraman drunk, is what I'm asking. And the Universal Championship match, the main event of SummerSlam. As Michael Cole said, the greatest of now versus the greatest of all time, or some shit like that. Uh, to be fair, the WWE, great promo video, a big match feel, and cool top and graphics for Cena. And Reigns told Uso to stay back. At this point, you're thinking this is a proper SummerSlam main event. You know, we've we've had all the build. And at this point, I'm ready for it, you know? Mm-hmm, definitely. I was def- I was looking forward to to it. The more that, you know, like the build-up was happening, you had like, sort of the background story and then them coming out. I felt like the build-up was there, you know? You could feel like the audience were were itching for this. So, yeah, I was intrigued and I'm ready to see what's going to happen. Well, Reigns dominated early, having an answer to everything his opponent threw him. He repeatedly countered roll-up attempts and answered an active adjustment attempt with a DDT. He talked trash going as far to address Hollywood executives for applying to sleep and that sapped the fight out of Cena. Cena 
but Reigns trapped him in the guillotine. The challenger attempted a pinfall, but Reigns kicked out and rocked him with a Superman punch. Cena recovered and delivered the attitude adjustment for a heart pound in two count. Cena replied, yes, Jeff, but Reigns inched to the ropes and forced a break. The challenger caught Reigns at ringside moments later and drove through the announce table with another attitude adjustment. Back inside, he still couldn't keep the tribal chief down for the count. Near falls came fast and furiously down the stretch. Frustration setting in both competitors. Cena dodged a spear and Reigns crashed into the ring post. From the second rope, Cena delivered a third attitude adjustment and again could not keep the head of the table down. One last flurry by Cena proved unsuccessful as Reigns stunned him with consecutive suit punches and a spear for the pinfall victory. And after the match, Brock Lesnar made his return, popping the crown, leaving Reigns and Paul Heyman retreating to the locker room. Uh, before I get your thoughts on this, Michael Cole subtly referenced Lesnar during the match, saying he only have seen one hurt Cena like this what were your thoughts uh, on this um I, yeah I actually thought there were some really great moments in in that match um the you know I think uh Roman and John actually worked really well together um yeah I kind of spotted the the Brock Lesnar reference um by Michael Cole but I thought I didn't actually think he was going to turn up um and I didn't think he was going to turn up looking all like he was like you know, in Vikings or something like that. He looked like a full on Viking with that hair hairdo and stuff like that. Um I, I must admit, like I, I was kind of expecting like more of a confrontation or something that comes from it. It was, it was a bit of a lackluster sort of having him get in the ring and then them just retreat. I don't know. I just maybe expected more after hearing his music hit. So we'll see. It's a, we'll see. It's so much he got a phone call Saturday morning saying, can you make it to Vegas in the evening? You know, because we never, ever seen Lesnar without the kind of standard short hair, non-beard on WWE. Because we yeah. know when he goes off, he always kind of grows it. And you always see, like, look what Brock Lesnar looks like now. You know, all that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think John Cena deserves credit. Because obviously he's a, he's a mega star, as you know, and a movie star now. As mm. Pat McAfee mentioned about 60 times during the match. But I think to Reigns to go over on him to keep the spear protected as well. And then after, when it went off the air, Lesnar dishing out a beat to John Cena as well with F5s and mm. suplexes. There's not more John Cena could do, really. As for Reigns, yeah. there was one point during this, the Super AA, the Mega Near Fall. I think it's the closest thing we've come to the Untaker Street since then. Because I think we all believe Reigns won't be beaten. But that point of that second of thinking, shit, this might be it, I think can yeah. help Roman Reigns' match continue. But he just needs the right man to kind of beat him. Is Brock Lesnar yeah. the right man? I mean, what were your thoughts? I mean, you know, I feel like this this does kind of put a little bit of a, a damper on me hoping that we'd get like sort of Roman Reigns versus Big E. Um, because when you think of, you know, a Brock return, you do kind of think to yourself, well, he's not returning to not be champion, you know? So but there's always that expectation that if Brock's returned, there's expectation that he's going to be holding the belt for, for a bit. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to see like Roman be Brock um, and, and see and get, and, and Brock actually successfully take the belt off him. Um, we'll see what's, what's going to happen because as, as we, as we know already, um, 
Brock didn't turn up on SmackDown. So we're not sure like where things are going to go yet, as of yet. No. We're keeping an open mind. The, the worst case scenario for me here is Brock versus Reigns, either at Crown Jewel or Survivors. Maybe, maybe not Survivors, but Crown Jewel or whatever the October event will be in Saudi Arabia. Having Heyman betray Reigns, siding with Lesnar, and then having Hill Lesnar as champion versus Reigns as face, and you destroy all the good work done since Reigns came back the previous summer, yeah. you know? Yeah, really that 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 is the, that is the worry. And uh, if if I was to be asked what I would prefer, I'd prefer that someone else other than Roman Reigns to be the one that ends, like you know, sort of the Tribal Chiefs' run. Mm. Um, so I I, d- I don't know where things are going to go with this because of that. Because you know, you kind of look at this as two heels. This and... is the thing. It's it's strange, you know. I know yeah. you got a positive reaction, but you think these two wrestling, the crowd's not going to react great to it. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But the thing is, if you're, mm-hmm. I mean, for years, was, you know, SmackDown was the kind of the B show and everything like this. And now some some comes around and you've got the man and, and Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns and all these Edge and Rollins all on SmackDown. And what have you got on Raw? Charlotte is champion and Bobby is champion. You know, there's no mm-hmm. challenges there. There's nothing exciting yeah. to get your teeth sunk into, you is never- there? I must admit the only way that, that I feel like they'd be able to salvage this sort of like Roman versus Brock match if it were to happen is if Big E interrupts the match and does like a Seth Rollins and actually mm. takes the title. Like that's the only way that I could actually see this kind of going like in in, in a good way because I don't I don't know of any like I think everyone obviously wants to see Roman versus Brock but I don't think any of them wants to see a title change from that because of everything that's happened with Roman across like Smackdown and, and the build up of, of his title reign I don't think that there'll be any satisfaction if her face isn't the one that's taking the belt yeah it's going to be interesting to see right so the match itself for me it's 5 out of 5 what are you going to score yeah I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5 too uh, prediction wise we all went rain so the final scores 9-7-7 seven, seven. Monty and James win uh, but Select Match Pod did say Lesnar return, and they do get a bonus point. So I'm sorry to say the final scores: JR Monty nine, Select Match Pod eight, and Jackson with the ultimate one seven. But yeah, you know, one uh, doesn't watch WWE stuff, so that no. Wait, no, doesn't. don't don't do that because then that makes me look really bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, Monty was riding my coattails. I don't care if he listens to this. He he knows. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, I'm joking. let's let's just say that SummerSlam didn't go exactly the way that we all expected. So no, that was the reason for my downfall. But don't worry, I will try and triumph in the next time. Well, poll wise, Reigns got sixty-two percent of the vote. Matchel and I, I think we'll both say it's the main event. Uh, MVP and I, I'm going to say Cena. I mentioned this earlier. Let Reigns beat him and Brock squashed it. Have you got an MVP and night? Hmm. Um, I'm actually going to say Edge from my MVP because of that finish, um, I made mean, the submission and stuff. I think it was just really well executed. And yeah, I really enjoyed him, his performance. Uh, I thought it was quite a standout ish. So yeah, Edge. Well, a score out of 10. And this is my lowest scoring WWE event, possibly of all time. 
Uh, no, well, apart from Crown Jewels, of course, and Saudi Arabia <laughs> events, uh, I'm going to give it an eight. There was massive highs, you know. Look at the main event and what it delivered there. Edge and Rollins was the perfect SummerSlam match as well, but the the highs didn't make up for the the huge lows. And we saw yeah. that with you know Goldberg and Lashley, you know one and three quarters. Blair Lynch one. Even Blissbury 2, even McIntyre Mahal, there was just too much filler on the SummerSlam card. What are you going to score out of 10? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit harsher than you, but all for the reasons that you just said above. So I'm going to score it a 7. And um, a, a lot of that downfall is predominantly surrounding sort of the way the title change went. Don't get me wrong, I would have been super hyped to have had a Becky return, but not the way that they did it. So... It, it took it down even more from it. I think without a doubt, SummerSlam uh, was quite shocking in certain ways. We'll deal with the fallout now. We've got Raw and SmackDown. So the 23rd August edition, we get recapped video for SummerSlam. Bobby Lashley, MVP, come out. Uh, MVP reiterated how he had no idea. It was Gage Goldberg who jumped him from behind. Said he would do the same thing to anyone who tried the same thing. Surprisingly, Damien Priest came to the ring. This led to a single match which ended in DQ when Sheamus got involved. Drew McIntyre made a save which led to a tag team match which the faces won. Not a bad half hour of action. Bit weird to see Lashley and Drew interacting again. And we got good news, bad news for Dewdrop. She likes the name, but she has split for Eve who attacked her. So I suppose, you know, 50 50. Karen Cross in a new red helmet. Um, he crushed Ricochet. Uh, also, Cross, Cross is wearing braces as well. Yeah. Moist TV lead to Woods versus Morrison. Morrison inadvertently distracted the ref and cost Miz a pin, allowing Woods to roll him up for the win. The Miz attacked Morrison and left him laid out to the end of the segment. So, finally, the Miz attacking Morrison. That's got to bleed to something good, isn't it? I mean, I'm hoping so, but I'm I'm kind of feeling like, you know, that this is way overdue. This is something that a lot of us, I think, we're waiting to see. I'm ready for a, a Morrison singles run, you know? Um, I think everyone was expecting that when he first returned. So, um, you know, I'm just, if any, I'm nothing but excited just to kind of see this kind of get over and done with between the Miz. I think we're out doubt. Mansour versus Mahal ended in DQ. Ali told Mansour he needs to start listening to him if he wants to avoid this kind of thing in the future. Charlotte Beach, uh, blah, blah, blah. Bliss made her intentions known, so it looks like we're going to get Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte. We get Ripley and Nikki Ash versus Baz and Jax. Yes, they're back together again. Rip tied to Baz to get the win. All looks like they're in trouble again. Elias, the WWE superstar, is coming with a white hat. And the main event, Riddle beat AJ Styles. And then on to SmackDown, August 27th, we see Becky Lynch make her first appearance since SummerSlam during a huge ovation. Um, she said, handed over the Raw Women's title was the hardest thing she had to do. If you thought I was bad before when I was just fighting for myself, you have no idea how deadly I'm about to be. Uh, Lynch apologised for nothing, saying preparedness met opportunity when she beat Belair for the title. This brought out the EST to an equally strong reaction. Blair says she won't make excuses for in issuing a last-minute challenge, just like Lynch for tonight's show. But before the man could answer, Vega interrupted, then Carmella. Eventually, Liv Morgan joined the fray, rightfully pointing out Vega and Carmella lose every week. This led to a four-way with Belair eliminate Vega, Morgan taking out Carmella, and Bianca finally winning and will face Lynch at some point. 
what was this about? Because it's even like Belair, they're treating a less land. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, I mean, do you know what? I feel like I'm going to talk a lot more on this after, um, you know, you kind of uh, go through a bit more of SmackDown because there's something else that irritated me that could have actually worked well in, in, in at this moment in time. And um, I just didn't see the point of any of this, if I'm truly honest. But I'll go into greater, de- greater detail once you kind of go through a bit more of what happened well, backstage, Paul Heyman found himself locked out of Roman Reigns' locker room when the Usos emerged by mistake and confronted him. They accused him of knowing Brock Lesnar would be at SummerSlam and shut him out. Cesaro versus Gable. Alpha Academy laid out the Swiss cyborg and stood tall to close out the segment. Do you remember when Cesaro had a, had a match of the night at WrestleMania? Right? Fucking, and that would learn him, wouldn't it? Don't be talented. Yeah, I'm... <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Do you remember that? That was like his you know, peak moment, and then what was it? And then they fed him to Roman. Um, yeah. Baron, Baron Corbin, fresh of a life-changing string of success in Vegas, returned to SmackDown. Happy Corbin. He touted his riches, his wardrobe, and an expensive watch for calling Big E. He asked to purchase money bank briefcase, had his office rebuffed, and Corbin said he's too happy, and Corbin exited the square circle, left the arena. Be very worried, Cameron Grimes. They have taken your gimmick. All right, he's after you. And then we see yep. Edge spoke of his SummerSlam victory over Seth Rollins. The architect responded, thanking the rated R superstar for teaching him. He must be more like Edge to get ahead. Can you imagine Extreme Rules and Seth coming out as a shield? How great would that be? Oh, my God. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> Through the crowd. <laughs> it would just be something else. Um, Boogs and Nakamura defeated Ziggler and Rude. And backstage, Naomi made a SmackDown return, but official Sondersville appeared disinterested and said they would discuss it next week. Right, okay. So can I can I go back into yeah, what go. we were discussing earlier? Right, this pissed me off so much. Firstly, how disrespectful was Sonia Deville she, when she didn't even need to be? That, that to me just didn't work. And I actually just thought to myself, I hope this means that you're coming back to wrestling soon so that Naomi can kick your ass because you're just pissing me off. Secondly, if you're going to have Naomi return on SmackDown, why the hell did she not interrupt everyone, all those women that are definitely getting squashed week after week where none of us actually believe that none of them are a a true, uh, at this moment in time, are a true um, opponent for Becky Lynch? Why did Naomi not come out and actually make herself known and actually make Becky a little bit uh, scared? She is a two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. She has got so much to offer. She's so underrated. She is the underdog. And she's married to one half of the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, who's also the cousin of the universal, uh, like universal title holder, Roman Reigns. Get her in that faction and actually start bigging her up. I don't understand where, where the issue is here. WWE, if you need to talk to me about how to get this all in, into an actual storyline, call me because seriously, you had so much momentum to do something with that girl and get that pop. You heard that pop that she got when she returned at Royal Rumble. Is that Vince, are you deaf? Did you not hear that pop? What's wrong with you? Sorry, but, my rant is over. No, no, but <laughs> the thing is, is if Naomi made his entrance even part of the bloodline or by herself and challenge Bliss to a one-on-one match for number contendership, and you could even have Lynch 
at ringside, Ben Hill costing Blair the opportunity with Naomi getting a win. We get a Naomi Lynch match for the title. We get a, we get continuation of Blair Lynch, and then you can do Blair Naomi down the line as well. You can either do one or all. You can have a coming out, like I said, being a part of that match, or Roman Reigns saying, "Because I'm head of the table, she deserves a title opportunity." So there's, there's exactly. ways, exactly. rather than Deville, you, Deville just, just disinterest completely is disrespect. Yeah. yeah. And and there is absolutely no reason why there's any need for the disrespect unless they're actually thinking about bringing Sonia back as a wrestler, which if they were going to do, they would have like probably started in a different way. So I have no idea why there was any need to just kind of show it disrespectful. Like that should have been a pop that someone like Naomi has returned, especially like I just said, the pop she got at Royal Rumble. Why not just have her, her music hit and she just returned that way? instead of being disrespected by Sonia. It just made no sense to me. Down. <laughs> so, elsewhere, Rey Mysterio told Son Dominic that he'd be stepping back to let him be his own man. Starting his match against a mystery opponent, Sami Zayn would be revealed as that. Dom lost, but Rey still came out to the ring. Uh, main event segment, Roman Reigns, Usos and Paul Heyman made, a ring, made to the ring for a special championship celebration. After a few minutes of Heyman speaking on behalf of the tribal chief, Finn Balor interrupted proceedings. Frustrated at being screwed out of his championship opportunity by John Cena with a turn of Brock Lesnar. Trust anyone. He challenged Reigns for a top match on next week's show on SmackDown. He took a shot at Reigns for the Street Profits hit the ring and back him up. The Bay faces this tall. A disdained Reigns heading to the locker room to close out the show. Again, Balor looks really, really cool, but you know he's just setting him up for a loss. Um, but the Street Profits getting involved, they're a step up, no offence to Dom and Ray, but I'd much rather see Street Profits Uso feud than anything else right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, that 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 whole ending was quite exciting and everything like that and it's always exciting to see Street Profits kind of go up against the Usos. I'd like to see that again, but it's, it's not like we haven't seen it before. I'm just thinking they need to kind of get better at like, inserting other tag teams into into the division and getting them hyped up so it's not just a comp- constant repetitive swap and change of you know the tag partners every every now and again um but yeah this definitely excited me to see where things are going to go but unfortunately i don't see where this is going to go for finn balor again i just think this is definitely filler before getting into the brock lesnar stuff yeah, I think we're at doubt. It's they. We were waiting for a response from, I guess, after SummerSlam, and I don't think we've really had it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, like I said, with the Saudi Arabia stuff coming up, up until November. But the thing, which is weird, I'm going to say, and I've never ever mentioned before, but AEW's building momentum, and with the momentum that they've got, is only a good thing. And Raw needs to be good pro. It just needs to make sense. SmackDown's not too bad, but yeah. WWE just can't stand around thinking, oh, we'll bring this guy back, we'll bring this guy back, when you're not kind of building new talent, you know? Like, talk about Nakamura's yeah. obviously title reign. We don't want to lose it and just go back to mediocrity. Big E, you know, we need to push him. People like Cesaro still need a chance, you know? So it's... Exactly. It, it's it's all these underdogs, like... You know, then even on the on the women's division, you've got the likes of, like you rightly said, Nikki Cross, who could have definitely had like a, a creative title run with having this sort of split personality between Nikki Ash and then Nikki Cross. You, you could have had so much more hype and potential behind Naomi's return, and yet it was the most uncreative, yet you had the likes of Becky returning 
a creative way that's not someone else you know like get better at at your returns get back better at those returns actually get like having a a, a storyline and a pop to keep the crowd interested if you don't get better at that then you you'll continuously lose that uh the fans will continuously lose doubt yeah and again it, it sometimes it's hard you know especially trying to watch WWE stuff, because it gets you excited, but it just kind of lets you down in certain mm-hmm. ways. And I, I don't know what it is. There been a number of problems at this moment in time. Uh, but that is it now for SummerSlam. If it makes you feel any better, we will not be looking at SummerSlam. Uh, we're not looking at WWE now until the end of September. I think the stream rules are like the 26th of September. So at least you've got a while off now. <laughs> yeah, got got a well-deserved break. <laughs> well-deserved break. But like I said, still a lot to come on the WNR. Um, but that is it for today. Don't forget, across all social media, Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. Where can people find you, Jaxie? Yeah, people can find me across uh, both Twitter and Instagram at Jaxie Scarlet. Well, you can find the there. You can find the WNR on Facebook, of course, WNR Podcast. We've got the charity there. Like I said, we have raised the goal and any more money. I mean, I could be completely clean-shaven, but all this. And again, to take that as a challenge, if you will, anybody listening, across all the good platforms, send us an email at Podcast at gmail.com and YouTube and the podcast got the same time they do on SoundCloud on your phone. Also Spotify and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate and review there. So that is it. Our next episode of WNR is Impact with the Ultimate One. Our next one with Jaxi will be AEW Prelude where hopefully you of Dynamite all out. But until then, I've been Jay's Rowans and I was joined by the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. 